That's the biggest issue yes. in our business is communication with everything that we do. That's why uh, a lot of vendors uh, fail with dealerships because the communication isn't there. Yeah, There's not enough training. I, I believe that when we hire salespeople into a dealership, we need to train them for a month, put them on a training salary. We need to put them through, if you have a BDC, you need to put them through the BDC so they understand how the leads are originated. They need to know what Edmunds.com is and TrueCar is. Welcome to the Matador Podcast. Tune in for everything you need to know to stay in the know regarding the automotive industry. Here's your host, Jason Harris. Hey, 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 what's going on, Podcast Nation? It is Jason Harris here, and thank you for joining me on an episode of the Matador Buscast. That's right, I said Buscast. I have done podcasts on planes, trains, automobiles, and yachts. It's like the movie. But I've never done one on a bus, and I am here with Mr. Stan himself. Stan, what's going on, man? How you doing? Oh, the never Stan. Better. You know what? I don't even have to see your last name. I'm just going to say The Stan. I love it. That's actually what I'm going to name this podcast. Can I name the podcast The Stan? Yeah, I want to start a podcast. That, might, that just might be it. <laughs> okay. You have to do that. Do it. Do I'm, it. I'm Let me know. I'm you. making the logo for you. Thank All you. Right. <laughs> Stan, man, thank you so much for taking the time to come jam with me. I've been really looking forward to this, dude. I just, I just, I, man, I love you. I love your passion. All right. You just, you, you're just, you're authentic. Look, you're just you. I appreciate that. You know, and I also love, you know, your, your amazing um, love for all things cigars. Like, yes. I mean, come on. <laughs> if I'm ever looking for one, I just need to go find this guy right yes. here, right here. <laughs> Mr. Cigar Connoisseur right here. Okay. Hey, uh, for everybody out there watching, listening right now, don't know who you are, all right? I love kicking off these podcasts mm -hmm. with a little origin story. A, because I'm just always fascinated, right? Because sure. no one wakes up and goes, hey, I should be in the automotive industry. Sure. <laughs> so let's start there. Stan, how did you get started in this crazy little world we call the automotive industry? Sure. So 20 years old, going to school, <laughs> to college, to be a school teacher. Uh, was living with my parents, was working seven years as a lifeguard, uh, you know, supporting myself, uh, paying all my bills, paying for college. And then all of a sudden, my parents decided to move out of state. And I decided I'm going to get a job where I'm going to be taken more seriously so I can dress better. And I got into the car business against my father's wishes. He was a, a Lexus technician and uh, sold the first couple cars like a week after I trained. And basically just got to the point where I really liked it. And I had a finance manager who even said to me, he's like, oh, you want to be a school teacher? That's cute. He goes, my wife's a school teacher. What she makes in a year, I make in three months. And I was like, okay. And the bug bit me. And then a year later, I dropped out of school. And I made a career out of it. And then eventually I ended up, by age 23, I was a manager. I was an internet director of a large Honda store. Mm -hmm. uh, by age 27, I started uh, dealer retraining, which is my training consulting company. And uh, pretty much traveled all over the country, worked with dealers, OEMs, spoke at conferences, and uh, you know got into other things. Had a social media business for a couple of years. I do credit repair on the side. Uh, my whole my whole life is about uh, not just doing one thing. I, my goal is to be able to be good at a couple different things and just to be able to skill up, level up, and just constantly improve so I can help everyone around me. <laughs> Dude, I love it, and that is so true about you. You really are. Thank man. you. Hey, you know, um, hey. Uh, I know we wanted, We have some great topics that we're going to get into, and uh, I think this first topic is so timely right now. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think as an industry, and uh, we, we've really had to kind of maybe refocus, mm -hmm. you know. Um, the last couple of years, I think operations has been very, very different than what mm -hmm. the operations is going to look like for the next next couple of years, mm -hmm. right? What it was last couple versus next couple, I think very different, but I'd mm -hmm. love to get your thoughts on how we kind of refocus our efforts 
for this year. So my thing is, and you know, I'm doing a lot of uh, digital retailing or modern retailing uh, consulting these days. I'm doing it uh, on the OEM level. And uh, so my thing is, I still go into dealerships and I still see, and I, you know, I'm going to talk about email templates for a second. I still see, <laughs> I go into dealerships and I'm like, when's the last time you change your email templates? First of all, at this point, I'm anti-email templates unless you create like a an AI-driven process where mm -hmm. it helps you. And I call that technology-assisted selling. I mean, I didn't coin the phrase, but it's been around. And, and I wrote an article about that like 10 years ago, too. But my whole thing is um, I think that we need to really uh, drop a lot of our egos in this business. Yes. I'll be very blunt when I say that. <laughs> um, I feel like I go into stores and there's still the old school management and, you know, they don't want to unlock their pricing you know, on their DR tools. Um, you know, let, let's just get them in. You know, I just came out of a session where it opened my <laughs> mind up to how many more conversations you can have if you just, uh, you know, made a more, uh, you know, of an AI or a chat friendly situation. Mm -hmm. And so my whole thing is I, I'd love to see um, a newer breed of people come in where there's a specific training set up, where we are set up to do a whole new type of road to the sale. Um, especially, you know, if you're going to integrate the showroom process of it, yes. I'd love to see people come into the showroom and I'd love to see a sales department take over the right way instead of starting it all over again, not looking at, you know, like right now they go in, they don't look at the notes. They don't know what's going on in the CRM, mm -hmm. you know, what the discussion was about. And it's a whole new process, which I hate using the word friction, but really all it does is create friction. Yeah, you know, but it's it's commitment though. Like yes. it's a commitment to the people and the process. Yes. You know, and and I, I think you're 100 right. I think you know our focus really needs to be around what our processes are. The consumer has fundamentally changed in the last five yes. years for many, many, many different reasons, and I don't think uh, it's doing our industry any good. And mm -hmm. I definitely not doing any good to the customer by any means by holding on to these just mm -hmm. let's just call them. They are antiques of a process. Yes. You know, the consumer today wants choices and we have to process our way to them. You know what? I, you Look, you've had the opportunity to be in a lot of dealerships. You've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm -hmm. All right. What are you seeing out there right now? What, what are some of the processes that you've seen that are just like, yeah, that's it. I like that. You know, it's funny. There's not a whole lot. Um, even the best oh, no. dealers out there, no, but even some of the best dealers out there that they get constantly advertised, you go in there and you find a lot of, uh, you, can, you can literally poke holes into what they have going on. But really, you know, I, I would say one or two out of 10 dealers that I go into actually are doing things in a modern approach. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, I, I worked with a dealer that uses their DR tool more than they use their CRM. And like, that. like that's impressive. Like they communicate through that, and you know they have a process where they won't sell more than five to ten miles out of their PMA, and they sell their 100, 120 cars a oh. month. Um, you know they 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 did eliminate delivering to the house just because it's not in the best of areas, so for safety. And they actually do a great job communicating that to the customer. You know if a customer wants to deliver, say we'd love to, but because of where we live, our demographic, it's just unsafe for us. You know and. They, they understand that it. it's all about communication. And I think that's the biggest issue yes. in our business is communication with everything that we do. That's why uh, a lot of vendors, 
uh, fail with dealerships because the communication isn't there. Yeah. There's not enough training. I, I believe that when we hire salespeople into a dealership, we need to train them for a month, put them on a training salary. We need to put them through, if you have a BDC, you need to put them through the BDC so they understand how the leads are originated. They need to know what Edmunds.com is and TrueCar is so that they understand how well, the customer And, and they're going to get the most amount of at-bat opportunities yes. to really hone in their communication skills. Yes. But you're absolutely right. I feel like I think one of the biggest things, if you're out there watching and listening right now, all right, um, one of the monstrous, one of the, yes, the most important, <laughs> you can tell I'm like on my ninth <laughs> podcast today, um, <laughs> the most important thing that I think you can focus on right now is the communication. Now, let's talk about communication mm -hmm. because that goes into a lot of different places. Mm -hmm. It's your people, it's your process, and your technology. And I know that's yes. where I want to go with you right now because, yes. you know, we're at NADA. Mm -hmm. Wow, dude, sensory overload, right? I yeah. mean, come on. Have you ever seen so many, like, Megatrons or, like, just the biggest TV screens you can possibly it ever see in one place? It gets bigger every year. Is it crazy? I know. Does It, it feels yeah. that way, right? It, it feels like the TV screens just keep getting bigger and bigger yeah. and bigger, right? Yeah. I think I saw one in there was, like, 20 feet long, and it was hanging yeah. over the... Over, anyways, sensory overload. Yes. But what, what I'm really seeing as a theme in there is at the core of kind of a lot of technologies out there is better communication, but mm -hmm. I'd love to kind of see, hear your thoughts and, and how we're doing with uh, communication technologies. There's a lot of them and they're great. I mm -hmm. mean, there, there's really a lot of great technologies. There's some great CRMs. There's some great, you know, AI tools. Um, there's a lot of great texting platforms, leading agent. The problem is, and this is an issue that I found in dealerships, especially the ones that mismanage their vendors. Uh, like I, a year ago, I went in to build a six-store BDC. We had uh, a texting platform, we had a CRM, we had salespeople, we had an in-house BDC and an outsourced BDC all calling the customers. I come in on the first Saturday, 29 appointments, two show up and 10, literally 10 people canceled because they got tired of getting too many phone calls. And so I call that too many hands in the cookie jar syndrome. Well, no, that's a good one. Like if we think those three pillars, people, process and technology, yes. they had the people. Yes. All right, they had the technology. They were definitely missing one of the most important parts. Yes. So, I mean, that that's really my, my issue with that is, uh, and there's a lot of dealers that will literally hire a bunch of vendors to do different things. And then, then you wonder why your engagement is horrible. Then you wonder why your people are canceling appointments. Mm -hmm. I think that it needs to be simplified. And really, you know, and no offense dealers out there, but you guys got to drop the egos. I'm going to be very <laughs> blunt. You know, we have to really you know, take a step back. We need to, number one, go back to the original basics, but we need to incorporate the use of what the technology does to help us. We cannot just pay for the technology, not use it right or ignore it, and then just say, oh, let's just get them in. You know, or I'm going to lock the price because I'm afraid that the customer is going to shop me somewhere else. They're going to shop no matter what. <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly. They're going to shop. At the same time, I am still gross-oriented. I'm still a car guy. There's a little bit of old school in me, but, you know, I... I'm just blessed that I've had that open mindedness to just continue to to learn how to use technology. Well, uh, let's okay. So let's talk about um, usage of technology. Mm -hmm. and I love I love finding rabbit holes. So we'll go down this mm -hmm. rabbit hole for a little bit, okay? Because I think we're seeing right now in let's say DR products. I'm mm -hmm. just going to use DR products for right now. Sure. There are, there are dealerships out there that are using the technology for themselves, mm -hmm. and then they're the ones that are using the technology for their customers. And it seems to be a real mixed bag right now, all right? Mm -hmm. I mean, look, the technology is only as good as how well someone uses mm -hmm. it. And, you know, a tool is only as efficient as, as who's actually twisting sure. that wrench, right? Um, and, and I'm seeing the same thing. I'm mm -hmm. seeing this amazing opportunity here. And there are some phenomenal dealers out there 
mm-hmm. all right, that are using it, are, are, are buying into the process, that are buying into the technology for the benefit of the consumer. Mm-hmm. But I hate to see it because I'm seeing a lot right now and I see more and more, unfortunately, kind of leaning the direction that like, no, I'm buying in it to, for me. Mm-hmm. And it's just really turning into a lead generation product. It's not yes. a connection product. You know, yes. how, how do we make sure this, that we, we stay, we don't let that pendulum move too far over? We need to change the culture of our stores because what happens is, and this, and this drives me nuts, you know, I'll go into stores and an owner, GM, they want to do things one way and they, they want to move forward. But then when you get to the GSM, sales manager, F&I level, they don't want to do it. And a lot of it is mismanagement. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is just not implementing that culture. It should, you know, in my opinion, it should be either you're on the bus or you're not. You know, get on the bus. This is how it's supposed to be done. You know, I, too, 20 years ago, did things the old school way, but this is where it's going. Okay. Um, you know, our manufacturers demand it with CSI. I've been yes. doing a lot of CSI work in recent times, you know, and I even got into the service aspect of things. It, it brought me back to like 2008, something that I was doing when I was 25 years old. I, <laughs> I was running a store where I had BDC sales manager and a facilitator for the store for processes. And so... Um, you know, I had a dealer tell me over the summer that, you know, no offense, as, as great as this is, I'm still worried about profitability. And my response was, I agree with you 100 percent. It's all about being profitable. But just think about if you took the right steps just, you know, for the things that are important in your CSI, if you just took the right steps and think about how much more profitable you could be, you can tie that in together. You just have to sit down with a whiteboard and you know, lock yourself in a room and just start planning it out. I mean, nowadays you can go on ChatGPT, OpenAI, well, and, and even create up, have it write it for you, and then you can really start to think. No, I look, I'm with you. We might be simplifying it a little bit yeah. because here's, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about kind of my, my culture journey. Okay. Sure. Surprise. This might be a surprise mm-hmm. to you, Stan. Mm-hmm. I was not really good at it. Um, I, I, I am the first one to admit that my EQ, all right, my mm-hmm. emotional intelligence, mm-hmm wasn't overly great when I started in this business. I was very much so under the uh, flying the flag of fuck up and do your job. Yes. Um, and, 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 that, and that's how I operated and managed for years. And it was about, let's call it eight, maybe nine years mm-hmm. ago where I kind of had this moment, you know, and I was just like, no, I'm doing this wrong. And, and, and I think the reason I knew it is because so much of the success was on my shoulders. My team wasn't empowered. Mm-hmm. All right. There wasn't a culture of, 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 of helping. I had superstars. All right. Mm-hmm. I had a superstar culture. Mm-hmm. All right. I had my two guys just mm-hmm. doing majority of it. Yes. All right. If you didn't bottom down here, you didn't sell, you were out, you know, just like it. it and, and I had a moment. I had to go. For it. a, but I tell you the first step. Mm-hmm first step for me going down that path was really getting honest with myself, man. Mm-hmm. Right. And saying, Hey, look, this is not the way to do it. This mm-hmm. may be the way you were taught. Cause it's by the way we were taught when we first yeah. started. That's how it was right. There wasn't any emotion. Mm-hmm. It was sucking up buttercup and checking out the door. We got a job to do, mm-hmm. you know? And I think the more that I kind of, I, I learned about myself, became more self-aware. Mm-hmm. All right. And identified, you know, that other people have emotions and they're okay. In fact, actually they do amazing things in a dealership. Mm-hmm when they have a parameter to kind of work with and then that kind of that arena is culture. Mm-hmm. But you know, how, how do we get to that place? If people have to watch like, how do they get to that place of just being honest? I'm glad you brought that up because it was my next thought process, right? Um, I look at it from a standpoint of, it's all about how we recruit and how we train and how we build our team. Mm-hmm. What we don't do in the industry is uh, we don't think like a corporation. 
Like you go get a job with a major corporation, the onboarding process takes two weeks. You know, they have to verify everything. Then they put you through a virtual training program, you know, and then you're going through video after video for compliance, for this, for that. And, uh, you know, it, it, it might feel like it's a month. Like, okay, so maybe you pay someone 500 bucks a week, but now you're investing time and money. You know, you spend that first month, month and a half, putting them through those sets of video trainings, having a manager that's properly trained, or maybe if you have a corporate trainer, putting them through the ringer, so to speak. And then from there, uh, make sure that they get all their, if it's a new car store, make sure they get all their product knowledge done. Now, I'm not saying pay somebody 50 bucks to go take a test for you. Like that, that's happened. Like do what I did when I got, I started selling Hondas. I literally locked myself in a room and I would take a test. And if I failed it, I would I would literally check which answer I got wrong and then I would do it again. And so what would happen was I would fail a test three times, but on the fourth one, I'd get a 90. What would happen six months later down the road is when I'm with a customer selling that car, I actually knew what to say about the car and I got my product knowledge down because I failed it on the test. And I w a question would come up and I knew exactly how to answer it. You know? And that was you know, circa 2003, 2004, <laughs> me selling cars. And the problem is a lot of us, you know, and I always say this in a lot of dealerships, everybody wants to get paid, nobody wants to do the job. Yep. And that's always been the thing. So if we were to create, and I've been thinking about this for a good six months now, if we were, if every dealership was to create their own virtual training platform, you could bring in myself or other trainers, you have another trainer here, right? You could bring in a bunch of trainers and then plus incorporate your own managers to create the video on demand training app or program for your store and that's like and then not only will you train them while they're onboarding but you train them also throughout their career yes. because you can bring in more training content think about the what that would do inside a dealership then you have accountability with that and then imagine going hey you didn't log into your training for 30 <laughs> minutes today i i mean i think that's like i don't want to call it babysitting but i think that's what needs to happen you know somebody's got to create that program maybe it's going to be me i don't know <laughs> well look i think <laughs> Um, every good culture starts with training. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I think people kind of have a tendency of thinking a culture that something is just like, it happens. There it is. It happened. No, it, it all starts somewhere. And mm -hmm. I definitely think it's the training. I mean, I remember some of the training that I originally uh, was received in the, this industry. Mm -hmm. Definitely not culture based. Um, I still remember the video, the VHS. Mm -hmm. All right. Slip the tape in. Mm -hmm. All right. I remember the guy on the screen telling me that hey you know when when you need to present the the engine compartment mm -hmm. of the vehicle you mm -hmm. make your customer hold the hood open so that you are always maintaining maintaining control mm -hmm. of the customer like come on man that's not a culture right that's all it's, it's all about control yes and it, it, it's like our industry we've evolved we need to yes. evolve right that's correct and a lot of it's uh, you know how we say things Yes. You know, I was in a session yesterday on a service session, and you can relate this to sales or any department. Um, it was Jennifer Suzuki's session. Shout out to Jennifer Suzuki, right? You were in my session, too. And so, you know, one of the things that she that she uh, was saying was, you know, you do a follow-up on a service customer. Hey, I noticed when you picked up your car, uh, you had your kids with you. Did you get them to school safe? You know, something as simple as that. Like, you know, we don't think about that. You know, we just want the sale. We just want to make the money, but we don't think about, like, what would happen if you just asked that question and showed a little care, you know? That's right. And um, it made me think a lot because that's been a lot of what I've been doing in my processes. I've been, you know, conditioning myself to, to help train on how do we say things differently. You know, a lot of the stuff that we do is repackaged, 
But um, language yeah, that, is such a big yeah. thing right now. Hundred percent, man. Like really, really well said. I'm, I was just talking to somebody this morning, and they're like, you know, I'm, I'm tired of using the word AI. You know, they they were from a major <laughs> university, right? And uh, and you know, we need to we need to use it a little different so the language makes more sense to the dealer. Yes. And that's a lot of it, you know. And I'm blessed that when I go into a dealership, I know that I can put on my, you know my uh, politically correct side and then I also understand how to speak their language because I spent all these years working in dealerships and <laughs> I understand sometimes the the different egos and I also understand the successes of, of what it took for these people to get to where they're at so it's nice to be able to incorporate both and take what I know and be able to just be a little more professional about it dude it look I love you know I love just your commitment to wanting to evolve I just it's, it's obvious it's like no man look I like me, we started in the car business. Mm -hmm. We're old school, but no, we made a commitment to evolve, continue to grow. That's a mindset. I yes. love it. I know we're getting towards the tail end of our time. Sure. All right. And um, this has been so much fun. I know I we could easily it. probably do a lot of jam for uh, a lot we, longer we than will. we have today. But, and we will. Yes. We will. Yes. We will for sure, Stan, man. I, for uh, everybody out there watching and listening right now um, and would like to connect with sure. you. Uh, or follow along with your journey. What's sure. the best way to connect with you? Uh, so uh, I'm on LinkedIn, Stan Share. My last name is S H E R. Uh, I'm on Instagram at Stan Share or at Dealer E Training. Um, if you look me up on Amazon, I wrote a book. It's not automotive. I, I released it a little over a year ago. It's called Social Shares: The Skills That Pay the Bills. It's really more about taking every life experience and everything you learn in life and how to make something out of it. I talk about how I failed in life and how I came back a few times. Um, I'm also in the middle of writing my next book, which I think I'm going to cater that strictly automotive. Um, so I'm looking to partner up with vendors that um, want to help me supply some content that we can maybe share with the industry. Um, that, I think that's over the next year. That's what I'm going to release. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm all over social media. I said LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. Um, you know, my website is dealeretraining.com. So it's dealer, the letter E, and the, the training.com. Um, so you could find me there. Awesome. Uh, my other websites are being rebuilt right now. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm all over the place. Stan, I love it, man. Thank you, Thank so, you so much, much. For taking the time to jam with me today. Appreciate this has been it. a lot Thank of fun. You. Yes, it was. Thanks for tuning in to the Matador Podcast with your host, Jason Harris. Be sure to check out the full podcast library at matador.ai to stay in the know. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe.